The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Fantasy Football Advice Week 10. You're listening to Sean and David on the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. David, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing a lot better. Last week was a tough week for me coming off that Ravens close loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. We did do what we needed to do, handle business. And like I said uh, last week, I said we looked at that uh, betting line. It was like one and a half, two, yeah, one, yeah. three points for the Colts. I said I was going out and betting some money. I bet a hundo on the Ravens. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, Thank yeah. God. You were sweating it in the first half, weren't you? Well, I'll tell you what, my DFS lineups were just atrocious. Yeah, I bet. Atrocious this week. They were awful. Yeah. So that, that one Ravens bet saved my week. <laughs> my well, homerism coming through in the clutch. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you it would have been wise to bet on the uh, the Ravens defense anyway in DFS, I think, this week, although they were better um, bets. I would have probably put all my money into the Pittsburgh defense, and that would have fallen flat anyway, so... I uh, did bet on the Ravens defense. Unfortunately, J.K. Dobbins was also a fixture uh, in many of my lineups. Yeah, those, those Colts, in fact. And Mark you, Andrews. Yeah, I, you know what? The, the first game of the week is uh, Thursday Night Football, Indianapolis Colts versus Tennessee Titans. So since we were talking about that Colts-Ravens game, let me just say this, man. I, I'm a big believer in the Colts defense. Um I I was with you. I didn't think the game would be a blowout, but I thought that the Colts-Ravens game was going to be a closer one, but a, a Ravens cover. Um, the Ravens ended up kind of stretching it at the end, although, I mean, the Colts were driving late. If it weren't for that defensive touchdown, the Colts could have been driving to tide there. I mean, it was. I thought that was a closer game on paper. Um, or, I'm sorry, in reality than it was on paper, at least in the terms of the final score. But, yeah, the Colts, I respect them, but I thought that they were going to have trouble against the Ravens' defense because the Ravens' defense and Colts' defense, I think, neutralize each other. Um, and the the Ravens' offense, although, I, again, like if you're looking analytically, I kind of like the Colts' offense a little bit better in terms of being able to come from behind, as we've talked about on this show. But I thought the Ravens' style of just punch you in the mouth running, even though the, the Colts' defense is strong, I thought that the Ravens would be able to wear them down by the end of the game. Plus, Lamar Jackson's impossible to game plan for, his speed. So, And that's ended up what, what ended up happening at the end of the game there. Anyway, uh, let me get to the um, fantasy football um, projections here. So, Colts, uh, I have Rivers as a start against the Titans. Look, the Titans' defense looked okay against the Chicago Bears, but every defense looks okay or great against the Chicago Bears. So I still have concerns. Good win for Tennessee. Still have concerns about the defense. So Phillip Rivers is a start. Um, Jonathan Taylor, if he's okay, I mean, I know he was nicked. Is he gone, David? I didn't see anything on the injury report today, but what's going on there? You know, I believe he's he got through the game healthy and the result of his benching was because of a fumble oh, early okay. on. So after that, he scored the touchdown, he fumbled, and they really just kind of turned it over to That's Jordan Wilkins. That's a mistake. And, and, oh, absolutely, when, especially when you look at the efficiency numbers. He was averaging four and a half yards per carry against a rugged Baltimore yeah. defense. Wilkins, not so much. So yeah, it was it, tough to see that. You know, it, it's it's look when you have if if you're the the Los Angeles Rams and you have Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, a guy fumbles, you want to put somebody in fine. If you're the Patriots and you have Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead and and James White, somebody fumbles, you want to put somebody else in fine. When you're the Colts and you have Jonathan Taylor, I mean, are you going to bench Philip Rivers when he throws an interception? It's just dumb. 
It's just dumb. That's another good question, though. Because <laughs> I might say yes to that one. Not, well, it, it, I, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Would you bench Lamar Jackson and, and go with RG3 if he throws a bad pick? I mean, That's fumbles... I can get down with that one. You know, fumbles happen. I mean, give me a break. If... If if the talent is equal, but the talent's not equal here, man, that was just that's dumb. It probably cost them the game um, because I I was watching it, but I had the sound um, off because I was watching I think Seattle Buffalo, and I noticed Wilkins was in the game, but I knew um, Jonathan Taylor was a little bit nicked up, so I figured that Taylor had had injured and I got injured. And I missed it. Benching him is just dumb. Frank Reich bad. That's a bad move. But anyway, um, Taylor, assuming he's back in there, I start him. Uh, I like I like Pittman. I like Pittman. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. Drawing targets. He was hyped in the offseason. People forgot about him because he's injured. He's back, everybody. Um, Denver, Baltimore Ravens, not worried about it. His first game back, I'm not worried about it. I think he's going to pop. I like Zach Paschal, uh, but not as much as I like Pittman. Um, and actually, this week, I would say you would start your starting tight end there, whether it's Burton or Doyle. Just watch the depth chart because there's a new one every week. Uh, it could be Ali Cox, for crying out loud. I actually think he's the best of all of them. Uh, Tennessee, on the other hand, um, you know, uh, Ryan Tanhill, I think, is a start this week. I think Derrick Henry, although he'll get volume and he's worth starting, um, the, the Colts' defense is for real. So I would start him, but don't expect a huge week from him. Probably, you know, 3.5 yards per carry and a touchdown. That's what you're going to get, just like you did last week. Uh, A.J. Brown's a start. Corey Davis, I think, is a start. Adam Humphreys, I think, is a start. And then uh, John New Smith, I actually don't love the projection this week, but I'd probably start him anyway, depending on who else I have. Take it away, David. We'll start with Jonathan Taylor because, man, you got to hope this is the get-right get week. It almost looked like it was going to be this past game against Baltimore, which nobody was expecting. Everybody right. was. I, I had him benched. And then he scored wow. that touchdown, and I started going, oh, geez, what the hell was I thinking? You got to play your studs. Uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I got bailed out a little bit because they benched him over the fumble. Yeah. But if he can look good against the Ravens, I got to think he's going to look good against the Titans, who right now are the eighth friendliest fantasy matchup for running backs behind only the Lions, Packers, Texans, Raiders, Panthers, Jaguars, and New England Patriots. Those are the only teams who have been friendlier to running backs. So hopefully – it's a get-right game for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not panicking yet. Yeah. If I see them continue to in involve Jordan Wilkins, am I going to be thrilled about that? Absolutely not. Michael Pittman, I do like him. I like him as a prospect. I don't yeah. really love his value this year. I don't really see a ton of upside just because they are run first. Phillip Rivers is targeting the crap out of his tight ends. Which, unfortunately, is a different tight end every week. Hopefully, we get a little clarity. Jack Doyle did get a concussion, so he could miss this next week. Hopefully, that allows Mo Alley Cox or yeah. Trey Burton, who I've been high on. I was high on Alley Cox to start, and then I was all over Trey Burton, and now it's just like it's becoming the Patriots' backfield yeah, a little right. bit. Where it's just a different one each week. So Alley Cox is the best of them. I mean, if you they, watch it, he's the best of them. He looks, he looks the best, and he runs the hardest, and he's the biggest threat after the catch with the ball in his hands. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And I think both him and Burton need to be rostered at this point in leagues because you're not going to find anything clear as a tight end on waiver, so you might as well just roster them both or one or the other and hope that something happens to kind of clarify the situation. Because these guys would each be tight end ones if they were just getting a full workload. Right, absolutely. So, Clear so tight end ones. Top, yeah, upside, maybe even top five, too. the way this offense works. Yeah, if they could just pick one I and know. stick to it. Yep. Um, on, on the other side, Titans still kind of pretty clear. The only thing which 
I noticed this past week, which I was looking out for, was Corey Davis, or didn't notice, yeah, I right. should say, but dropped up the big old bagel, which <laughs> was kind of, he was due for it when due. you look at the facts. He had double-digit points in every single game before that. But the games before that were easy matchups, and this was a tough matchup. So yeah. hopefully it it continues that way, and you know when to play him, kind of like we were talking mm-hmm. about with Odell Beckham earlier in the year. It was predictable. You play him in the soft matchups. You bench him in the tough matchups. I feel like we're kind of settling into that kind of mindset with Corey Davis. When the matchup is there, you play him. When it's not, you sit him. It's not that way with A.J. Brown, though. I'll tell you that. You're playing him no matter what. I don't yeah. care who he faces. So, A.J. Brown, man. He Whew. looks like a freaking tight end at wide receiver. He Every time I see him, I'm like, like, man, he looks too big to produce at wide receiver, but he just always does. I mean, I mean maybe I'm tooting my own horn here, but, guys, yeah. this is why you bet on freaks. Yeah. This, I, I was betting on A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf this year all over the offseason. Why? Because they're freaks. It yeah. doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Just bet on freaks. It hasn't worked out so well with Jonathan Taylor for me, I'll tell you that, because he's a freak too, and I bet on him just because of that simple fact. But for the most part, you bet on freaks. It's not going to lead you lead you wrong yeah. nine times out of ten. Let me give you a bold prediction here. So when I was doing a reaction video to the Baltimore-Indianapolis game, I compared the wide receivers. Um, I mean, the scheme is similar. I was comparing the wide receivers to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I said Zach Paschal to me is like Greg Ward, you know, the consistent guy, he'll get you five catches, he'll get you 60 yards every now and then, he'll get in the end zone, you know, so you can play him. I think Michael Pittman could be the Travis Fulgham um, this year as we close out the season because I, I like Paris Campbell more for the record, but we're not going to get him this year. Um, I think Pittman, and, I, and I'm saying this, I, you know the schedule um, towards playoffs because I know you religiously look at that. Um, I don't have the playoff schedule up, but let me just say last quarter of the year, I think Pittman uh, could, be, could have a Travis Fulgham-like impact on the Colts and on fantasy community because I, I really think he has that ability this year. And as he continues to play, remember, I mean, he's a rookie who's what he's played about four games so far. He can get better and better. So I think I think the opportunity is there for him in this offense to really, you know, take the reins here. Although again, next year I, I still like Paris Campbell coming back next year. T Y I'm kinda of giving up on though. Yeah. Uh, you want to look at the schedule real quick? I yep. got it here, and it it is beneficial for Pittman going down the stretch. They have Tennessee this week, mm. then Green Bay, then Tennessee again, then Houston, the Raiders, and Houston again before a matchup against Pittsburgh Week 16. So obviously Week 16 you don't yeah. love, but 13, 14, 15, that's good news. If you look at fantasy points allowed to um, wide receivers, Houston and the Raiders are, I believe, yeah. both – I, I can pull it up. I believe they're both. I know the Raiders are, are, if not the worst, they're one of the worst. They were last week. Raiders, let's see. I guess they're down a little bit more. They're more friendlier to quarterbacks, the mm-hmm. Raiders. But they're about middle of the pack. Okay. Um, the wide receivers. Texans, though, uh, they are the eighth friendliest matchup for wide receivers. And they face them twice in those last uh, four weeks. So all we need then, if you're if you're kicking yourself for not getting Fulgham for free, I think Pittman could be that guy. Again, I, I agree with you, David. I don't think this is the week that he's going to really burst out. And I think I still think it's going to take like two or three games. But if you're looking for somebody to plug in and everybody's freaking getting injured. By the way, this makes uh, this week, David, let me complain a little bit. The ninth week in a row, yes, we're in week nine uh, this past week, ninth week in a row where I had a starting player on my fantasy team leave in the first quarter. Justin Oof. Jackson, ninth week in a row. I'm 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 loaded. <laughs> I'm absolutely loaded. I lost by six points this week. I'm going to be five and four. I might miss the playoffs 
because every freaking week I have one or two players leave in the first quarter. It's happened with DeAndre Johnson twice. It's happened with Raheem Mostert twice. It's happened with Justin Jackson. happened with Austin Eckler every freaking week. But anyway, that's enough of me complaining. Let me hit you with the line here. Indianapolis plus two and a half points on the road Thursday night football against Tennessee Titans. Who you got, David? I got the Titans here. I don't think two and a half points is enough to be picking the Colts. You know, I I, th- I think that this one's going to be a close game. I could see close Colts win. I could see close Titans win. I think I'm going to take the points in this matchup. Um, I generally, as a rule, I don't bet Thursday night games because you just never know what you're going to get. Banged up guys. You know, sometimes teams fall flat. So I'm going to personally stay away from it. Uh, Colts off rebounding off a loss. It would not shock me if they upset the Titans. But um, I like both of these teams. I really do. I like the, the way they're constructed. Indi- I like Tennessee more than Indianapolis, but that might just be my offensive bias because the Colts' defense is for real. Next game on the list, man, we got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me tell you, David, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers in my elimination pool. I felt really good uh, until the first quarter when the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't get anything done. I, I was kind of panicking a little bit. When Roethlisberger went down um, in, in the deep in the first half, uh, it was the second quarter. wasn't the last drive, second to last drive. I thought he, I thought he tore an MCL. That's what it looked like to me. So I was like, oh gosh, is he going to be out for three weeks? Tried it in the locker room, came out. Dude is, as I was texting my friend, I said if uh, if it was Jay Cutler, he'd be on a flight to Malibu by now. But um, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger finishes the game, so kudos to him. Cincinnati coming off a bye week. I don't love that for Pittsburgh. Um, I do like that Pittsburgh's playing at home. They always play well there. Cincinnati, as we saw them uh, kind of handle Tennessee the previous week, they, they can score. Um, they're not reliant on the run, which if you're reliant on the run, that hurts um, you more if you play Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Now, Burrow's going to throw interceptions. Pittsburgh might score, but I- I'm not just ignoring the Cincinnati Bengals. Let me get you with the uh, fantasy football projections here. Joe Burrow, probably more of a sit, super flex play, but not elsewhere, uh, not there. Um, even though I think Cincinnati will score points, you can do better. Um, if Mixon's back, I don't even know what his injury status is, David. You probably know more than me. Is Mixon going to play? He's gonna be back. I believe he's going to be back this week. Uh, I, I, I hate that. I have a good projection on him, but I hate it against the Steelers. But I guess I play him. Uh, Boyd, definitely play. Um, Hig, uh, T. Higgins, I definitely play. I probably stay away from every other receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals. Roethlisberger, I play. Um, James Conner, I think, will bounce back this week. I'll play him. The two receivers, I guess I'm playing Smith-Schuster and Claypool. Claypool led this team in uh, targets. I think this is his first week where he led the team in targets for the Steelers. He's going to continue to emerge. I like Deontay Johnson, so I'd probably play him as well. Eric Ebron, I actually have one of my better projections on him this season, so he could get in the end zone as well. Take it away, David. Well, let's just start with the disappointment. Where was James Conner? Yeah. I mean, this was the week. This was the smash week for James Conner, and we got nine carries for 22 yards. Ouch. That's that's concerning. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to look at the bigger, bigger picture, though. I think he's absolutely definitely a start against Cincinnati again. All of those wide receivers, as you mentioned, Juju, Claypool, Johnson, you start all of them every week at this point. Even Ebron's becoming like a, I don't yeah. want to say must start, but unless you got better options, you ride him while he's hot. Sure. So I, I love Claypool. He had eight for 69. He's still... If I'm rostering, starting a guy, he's he's the number one for me this year. Barely 1A out of the 1B, 1Cs. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 8 for 69, and he had a close, close play where it looked like he dropped it and it was going to be a long touchdown, so he left <sighs> another one on the board. It, it was a tough week for that Pittsburgh offense. They just couldn't really get, get it going. The Pittsburgh defense, though, they're still the Pittsburgh defense, yeah. but 
the past two weeks, the Ravens ran, I believe, 200 yards against them. And then we see Garrett Gilbert came out, 21-38, 243, a touchdown. He looked pretty good. It, he didn't look horrible. He didn't get dominated. So right. I don't see how you could be concerned about Joe Burrow or T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. I mean, yeah. those guys are all my starts pretty much no matter what the matchup is. So I wouldn't overthink it. I wouldn't set any of those guys going against the Steelers, especially what we've seen the past two weeks. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm looking at Boyd's projection. I actually have him projected re- very highly. He might be my daily fantasy kind of sleeper of the week because, you know, he's not, he, he's getting big budget points, but he's not going to be a big budget player, um, especially in this the, matchup. The thing with the Steelers is, too, they've been a great defense in real life, but they've also been winning so it, in every game that they've allowed right. wide receiver points. They're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12th. 12th in wide receiver fantasy points on, mm-hmm. so... They're not exactly dominating wide receivers right now. Yep. Oh, wait, that that was in total points. Um, That's not even counting the teams who've played nine games. They're even, oh, even well, okay. friendlier if you do it on a points-per-game basis. One, two, three, four, five. Ninth. They're, they got the ninth okay. most Bottom points third. per game. Yeah, points or top third, however you look at it. So I absolutely start T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd this week. All right, Drop so, A.J. Green, though, if you haven't yet. What are you doing with A.J. Green? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Let me hit you with the line here. we got Cincinnati plus nine versus Pittsburgh. Who you got? Plus nine? Plus nine. I like teams coming off the bye. I'm going to take Cincinnati to, to score enough to, to cover that. I think Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh was flat yesterday. I mean, let's be honest. It, it was embarrassing. They're going to come out with more character. But I just I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, that's better. They're underrated. I mean, they score points, and they're going to be able to score points. And remember, even if Pittsburgh's winning this game by 14 the entire game, I mean, Cincinnati come down and get a late touchdown cover the spread. So I'm actually going to take Cincinnati to cover the spread. I say Steelers by six. I don't think it'll be... I don't think it will, we'll get another game like the Dallas game. I think Cincinnati, or like Pittsburgh, I don't think their fans are going to be stressing like with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, I see Cincinnati maybe getting a late cover here. Um, so I'll take them. Next game on the list, we've got the Houston Texans uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. Houston Texans made it interesting against Luton or whatever his name was at quarterback. We were making fun of Giraffe Boy. Um, we didn't get to see the Giraffe. <laughs> yeah, the NFL's most Giraffe-like guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Cleveland coming off a of bye week. It's interesting because, you know, we had that wind game, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders game. So, I, again, you know, looking at this as a better, as a fantasy football player, daily fantasy football, I wanted to see what the offense was going to look like without Odell Beckham. You know, who was going to be getting a lot of these double moves? My, you know, of course, you have to figure it's going to be more Landry, but, you know, a lot of Browns fans were commenting on the video say it was going to be Higgins. They tend to more, know more about their team than we do, David, so I respect that. But, um, but because of the wind there, we didn't really get to see that in action. So I really want to get more information on this game because I don't know what's going to happen. But Cleveland off the bye week, are they going to be able to run against the Texans? I believe they will. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, let me get you with uh, fancy football projections. I don't know. Is Chubb going to be activated for this one? Uh, I believe he's going to be active as well. Yeah, We're so getting the return of some some backs this week. About freaking time. More depth. About time. Eckler, where are you? I need you. <laughs> I need you so bad, Eckler. Anyway, uh, let's see. Houston, um, Deshaun Watson's a start. Uh, David Johnson, he's in concussion protocol. Is he, is he a start? Is he not? If he's not, Duke Johnson might be the start of the week just based on him getting uh, consolidation of shares. 
Um, played very well after David Johnson went out. I almost started him. I almost had two players go out in the first quarter, David. Almost started David Johnson. Thank goodness I didn't, but it didn't matter anyway. Um, let's see here. Wide receiver Fuller, I think, is a great play this week. I like uh, Brandon Cooks, man. He's getting in the end zone a lot. And I also like Randall Cobb this week. I have a nice projection on him. I'm staying away from tight end there. I don't like when both Fells and Akins are active. Um, there's too much of a distribution there, and the touchdown could go either way. I do think one of them will get the touchdown, but I don't want to predict that just because I think it's really tough. Now, uh, Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's a sit for me. You do start both running backs, assuming Chubb is active. If he's not, then start Hunt, um, and you can ignore Dearness Johnson, who for some reason blew up against the Cowboys, and then they just never used him again after that, which I found odd. Um, wide receivers, I like Jarvis Landry. If you believe that Higgins is the guy to get the double moves and that deep stuff uh, that Odell Beckham was getting, you could play him, but I would say just don't risk it this week. Maybe Daily Fantasy if you need a cheaper guy. Um, tight ends, if Hooper is activated, I tend to think he will be, but we'll see. I start him. If not, Harrison Bryant, I do think is a start. Take it away, David. Yeah, I'll just pick up on that last point. You got to start whoever, if it's whether Hooper or Hooper's out, you got to start Harrison Bryant. Texans have been bottom 12 and fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends. I don't have a ton to say about these teams. I just want to say a a lesson to be learned because Brandon Cooks, since Bill O'Brien has gotten fired, has been on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, the one league I had Brandon Cooks, I dropped him after week four because I said, I'm done. He hasn't <laughs> done anything. They're not involving him. They're using him on these deep routes that he's not good at. And I didn't take into consideration the fact that Bill O'Brien very likely could be fired. Yeah. So, because look at these last four games since O'Brien's been fired. Eight for 161 in a touchdown on 12 targets. Nine for 68 in a touchdown on nine targets. Seven for 60 on nine targets. And then three for 83 and a touchdown on nine targets. He's had nine targets in, in four straight games since O'Brien's been fired. So lesson to be learned. If there's a coaching situation that could be fluid, that is not set in stone, don't just give up on good players who are pretty much one of the top two players in their offense Yeah. just because the coaching staff sucks so bad and can't get them the ball because when the <laughs> new coaching staff takes over, it might not be the same situation. And then all year you got to wonder why in the hell you drop Brandon Cooks. Yep, absolutely. Um, any thoughts on – oh, actually, you just – you did. You went through Cleveland and Houston. Uh, let me hit you with the line here then. Houston plus three versus Cleveland coming off the bye game at Cleveland. Who you got? I definitely don't want to pick this game Yeah. because – the Texans, we don't know what we get out of them on a weekly basis. They're hit or miss. The Browns, same same thing. So I guess I'm going to take the team coming off a of bye here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it kind of same logic, but for me, I'm taking the team with the points, so I'll take Houston. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, to me, this is a toss-up, and the toss-up for me is, well, first of all, whenever the Browns have Chubb in the lineup, I still think Chubb is the guy that makes this offense really go. So assuming they get him back, I like them a lot more. And I still have questions at wide receiver. So I really do take a pause here um, and and really just watch it. So both David and me sound like we're out on terms of money, in terms of money. And Cleveland, you're taking the team off the buy. I'm taking the team with the points. So, I mean, that just shows you it's a coin flip from us. Um, it'll be an interesting one, though. I probably have this one on the TV just because I want to see what happens. Um, and I haven't watched Houston live in a while, so I'm curious to see kind of what they and look Duke like. And Duke Johnson, the revenge narrative. Oh, yeah. If, if he gets the full workload, maybe Duke's in for a big game. Hey, if, if, if he gets the full workload, he's going to be he's gonna be a slam dunk daily fantasy pick this week. 
Um, absolutely buy him up. Next game on the list, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Green Bay Packers. Jacksonville Jaguars, it looks like Gardner Minshew, I think, will be out again. At least that's his declaration right now. I don't know if that'll change in the week. Um, those outs t- tend to turn to doubtfuls and questionables, um, you know, based between Monday and, and Wednesday, Thursday when we record these things. So, um, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, Green Bay... Coming out against San Francisco, Aaron Jones, who's active, that was great. But all the touchdowns are going to Devontae Adams. I don't understand. Like, Tampa Bay was the only team that can figure out how to cover Devontae Adams. <laughs> like, you just get two people up on him and crash the routes because they, they just throw outs and slants all day. But he's impossible to cover, I got to say. And then he's got one of the best quarterbacks of all time throwing him the ball. So, kudos to them. Let me get to the fantasy projections here. Um, quarterback I set for Jacksonville, regardless of who plays. I like James Robinson this week. We've talked about last week about how the Green Bay Packers defense is struggling against the run. Uh, let's see here. You know, I know DJ Tark had a good game, but I'm staying away from receivers um, for Jacksonville this week. I think it's really going to be James Robinson's game offensively for Jacksonville. Green Bay, on the other hand, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great play. I think Aaron Jones is a great play. Uh, Devontae Adams is a great play every week. And then I think Tanyan gets back in the end zone this week. That's my fearless uh, projection based on the analytics here. I think Tanyan gets a touchdown. Take it away, David. Ugh, I'm kind of sick of waiting around on Tanya. Yeah, I know. He was he was good earlier, and I was all in. I was buying up the hype, especially because the San Fran connections, where Matt Lafleur wants to run it like San Fran. Tanya was the kiddle. He had the kiddle role. Yeah, it's just not really come to fruition. And maybe it's got something to do with that ankle injury he suffered a few weeks ago. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But at this point, I don't see how you can start him uh, until we see something more from him. Maybe right. in daily fantasy, you take a shot. On the other side of the ball, Jake Luton. I'm automatically a Jake Luton fan just because he hasn't sabotaged this entire offense's value, yeah. which was the main main concern, especially I'd never even heard of this guy before. And you talk about Minshew if he's healthy. Do we know that he was actually even really hurt and that's why he lost the, lost the job? Uh, it seems like one of those where they're like, hey, Minshew. We could tell the media that uh, you hurt, <laughs> or we could tell them that we're benching you for Jake Jake Luton. Yeah. Uh, which one you want us to go with? Uh, <laughs> may, maybe the maybe the hurt wrist. So even if he is healthy, I don't think there's any chance they turn back to him at this point until hmm. until Luton face plants. They got to see what they have. Yeah, uh, they kind of for for the most part know what they have in Minshew. He's they don't want to move forward with him. That's been made clear. So I think Luton is going to be. He's going to get the rest of the season unless he starts throwing, you know, crazy amount of interceptions left and right. To me, Gardner Minshew, before we get to the line, Gardner Minshew is going to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's going to hang around the league for a long time. Occasionally he'll start, occasionally he won't, and he'll blossom into an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight and quarterback and then constantly be replaced by rookie quarterbacks. And that's probably what's going to be happening this year, honestly. So, uh, But I like him. I do like him. And I know Jacksonville Jaguars fans like him. I mean, he's a likable guy. He's fun to root for. But you're right. I mean, they're kind of you know turning the page. And, and Luton played better, man. Luton played um, pretty well yesterday. Almost almost closed that gap. And, you know, we were talking about, like, Houston was going to run away and, and cover that spread. And, and that didn't end up it happening. Was, let's, let's, it was, let's say, though, it was like a cake matchup. And we've seen this before. Minshew did the same thing yeah, in his first game against the Chiefs, and he came in, he played well, and we were all like, "Oh, Minshew!" Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now look at we're here. We're here now talking about Jake Luton a year later. <laughs> Let me get to the line here. We've got Jacksonville Jaguars plus fourteen versus the Green Bay Packers. Who you got? Fourteen. Fourteen. <sighs> I guess I'm picking 
to Jaguars and Jake Luton to cover the spread. Man. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, man. I hate this one. So I'm staying away because of it. I would have taken Green Bay if it was 10. I mean, I'm still going to take Green Bay. If we have to make a pick here, I'll still take Green Bay. But there's no way I would ever wager my money on that. Two touchdowns is way too much um, against the spread. Um, For a team that played all right last week. It's not yeah, like, like their they're offense, it's kind of like the Bengals, man. Their offense scores enough points. And if you're talking about covering spread, you know, if the offense can put up points... You know, they're a danger every week, and they're always a danger for a late cover. Like we said with the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cincinnati Bengals, the Green Bay Packers could be up 20 points the entire game, and then um, Jacksonville comes down, gets a touchdown with a minute left in the game. It completely screwed the cover. I mean, that's how this thing goes. So I'm going to stay away from it. Green Bay can dominate and still not cover this game. I'm just going to stay away from it. Uh, next game on the list, we got the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Actually a pretty big game um, when you're talking about playoff implications now, as pathetic as that is. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, like they're only like two games, I think one game up or one and a half on, on Washington. But the Giants now, did they get their second win or their third win against Washington? I lost track of that crappy NFC East. but the, Probably um, second, I'm going to guess. I think it's the second, but I actually... I got to be honest with you, like that they had a close game against the Eagles the last time they played. Probably should have won that game. I'm not convinced that the Giants aren't the better team in this division. But Philadelphia, we know about the injuries. We know about the potential. It's halfway through the season. I'm sick of potential. But let me hit you with fantasy stuff, and then we'll get to the spread. Uh, Carson Wentz this week. I do think he's startable more so in superflex than in your regular league. I mean, you can do better in your regular league and uh, your redraft league or whatever it is. Um, Miles Sanders, if he's available, I think he will be. Um, you can play him. I'm not sure about that, though. Uh, David, you might know more. I lost track of Miles Sanders over the bye week. Is he going to be back in? I don't know about Miles Sanders. I haven't okay. heard anything on him. Yeah, I, I lost track of him. I apologize for that. But either way, if he's out, then I think he can start Boston Scott this week. He got the receiving touchdown the last time they played the Giants. Um, if Fulgham, at this point, you start him every week. Dallas Goddard is back and healthier this week. I think even though my projections suck on him, I have him as an absolute play against the Giants. Giants defense is legit, guys, but their offense is going to struggle. I'm going to stay away from everybody on the Giants this week. That includes uh, you know Slayton and everybody else, basically. Even Ing well, You know what? I take that back. Ingram has a nice projection. I could go ahead and start Ingram, but I'm staying away from everybody else. Take it away, David. Yeah, just for clarification, it was the Giants' second win. And if you want to know how bad this division is right now, Eagles are leading at 3-4-1. and one. Mm -hmm. Not a single team is within 20 points of their points for the points allowed. The Eagles are the best. They have 186 points for to 205 allowed. Jeez. Washington, 153 to 188 allowed. The Cowboys, 204 to 290 allowed. And then the Giants, 168 points to 219. You wonder allowed. why the NFC West is so damn good, man. It's because they get to play the uh, the NFC East four times <laughs> each. It's it's awful. If, if you combined those teams, I don't know if you wouldn't even have 10 wins right now. No, it's you wouldn't. Bad. If you combined the entire division, you'd have nine wins. Yeah, they were talking. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have eight. Season. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, man. I, I grew up in a you know a fan of Washington. Uh, you know, this is pathetic compared to how it was when I was growing up. But and and by the way, if Kyle Allen didn't dislocate his ankle, and I think I might have said this last week, I'm not so convinced that Washington wasn't the best team in the division. Now that Kyle Allen's out, I mean, honestly, 
the New York Giants could be the best team in this division based on the defense because the defense, you know, they're they're playing really good football. I still would say Philadelphia is the best team here, but it's like it's not a it's not a slam dunk when everybody's under five hundred. It's not a slam dunk. One guy who sticks out to me a little bit, and there's not a whole lot to cover. You, I love mm-hmm. God, Dallas Goddard. Anybody who's watched the show knows me and you yep. both been all over Dallas Goddard. He, uh, he's a must start for us at this point. He had the bye week to get fully healthy after playing against Dallas. You just start him and hope for the best. Uh, unless yep. you have Darren Waller or even I don't even know if you start Mark Andrews over Goddard. Honestly, so I have I have Kelsey who's out. well Kelsey's out, so I'm going to be starting Goddard. Uh, Kelsey's yeah. out with a bye week, but Kelsey if, or Waller, maybe yeah. Hawkinson. Yeah. Besides that, you start Dallas Goddard and just hope for the best, just yeah. because he's got more tangible upside than anybody else you can plug into your lineup. And the floor is all the floor is nothing for basically every tight end. Yep. Uh, but for the Giants, Wayne Gallman's been really standing out these past three weeks okay. with Devontae Freeman injured. He's got three straight games with a touchdown, three straight games with double digit fantasy points. I'm not so sure when Devontae Freeman comes back that he's going to have a role. He might just be a mentor coach at this point because Wayne Gallman, it seems like, has taken control of that backfield. He's running hard. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. He's, he's one of the waiver wire guys I have we'll talk about later. I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing from Wayne Gallman. He's involved as a receiver, seven receptions over the past three games. He's he's absolutely worth a desperation start at this point. Yep. Let me hit you with the line here, man. We got Philadelphia minus three and a half on the road versus the Giants. Who do you have? Giants, I don't think, are good enough to, to cover that against a team coming off the bye. I'm going to take Philadelphia here. Philly's getting healthy a little bit. I agree. Um, you know, I don't love laying the extra half point above a field goal here, but I do believe that Philadelphia is the best team. I, as I said, I'm not sure that's the case, and the Giants could make a statement here. Man, imagine if the Giants take care of business at home. You got Philly at three, five, and one. You would have the Giants at what three and five? Three and seven. Three and three and seven. They haven't had their bye yet, huh? Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, I mean, they could pull within a, what, a half game or, a, I don't know, the damn Philly tie. I'm, it's <laughs> too early in the week for do, for me to do math. I got other half stuff. Game. I believe that's a half a game. Yeah, but plus <laughs> the loss, though. They would have an extra one in the loss column. So I guess technically that would be, you know, was it three quarters? No, I think it's it would technically be one game, but still, you know, whatever. Um, next game on the list here, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> got absolutely shredded. And embarrassed on Sunday night football versus the Carolina Panthers. Actually, them getting embarrassed bodes well, I think, for the Buccaneers. Um, you know, after Tom Brady's uh, embarrassing, you know, fourth down, fifth down snafu, I think he's going to be back. Uh, we all, we saw in the last series that um, Christian McCaffrey got injured. As of the time of this recording, we don't really have news on that yet. Um, it's looking like he's going to miss at least a week, though, is what I heard. <sighs> okay. It's God. probably not a season ender, but he's going to probably miss a, another game or two. Which makes Mike Davis, you know, everybody's waiver wire darling for the second time this season uh, because a lot of people dropped him. I wouldn't have personally dropped him. I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, I took the risk. I started. Guess who I started over him? Guess who made me feel comfortable dropping Mike Davis? I, I couldn't even tell you. Chase Edmonds, They're I don't Michael know. Michael Hasty. <laughs> I, I, did, I did the same thing. I got nailed on Hasty. Nailed oh. on Hasty. Broke my heart. That one hurts. Ah, hates. I hate Thursday night games, man. It's just nothing but depression. Anyway, um, let's see. So Tampa Bay. I think Brady after after that performance, I think he has a big bounce back against Carolina. We know about the run game. Um, you know, in Carolina, they've been giving up yardage and everything. I guess you could start 
Ronald Jones, I guess. I'd prefer Leonard Fournette still. I'm sorry, I just do. Um, I don't know if Godwin's going to be back or not too early in the week, I think, to know for sure. But assuming he's back, I'd start him. But if he's not, I don't know what you do here. But maybe Gronkowski. Um, maybe Antonio Brown has a better game, something like that. Carolina, um, you start Davis. The one thing I loved about having Christian McCaffrey back is you and I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater a little bit, especially because he's available on waivers for everybody. Christian McCaffrey gets those receiving touchdowns, man. Those count for quarterbacks. So I loved it. Um, but, you know, now he's going to miss a freaking week. Uh, so that makes, I think, Robbie Anderson a little bit better to me. Uh, DJ Moore will be a little bit more involved. And then I stay away from everybody else. Anyway, take it away, David. Well, you got to hope with DJ Moore, man. I mean, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Two for 18. I was looking into some stats because, uh, of course, through the first, like, six, seven games, you know, it's, oh, how is DJ Moore comparing to Robbie Anderson? It, we have to go to the next level now because now we got to look at how is he com- how is he producing compared to Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, yeah. And Curtis Samuel has had a better game, I believe, all three of the past three weeks. On the season, DJ Moore, 117 PPR fantasy points. Curtis Samuel... 107.8 and he didn't even play week six against the bears he didn't even he missed the game you know what so was like, interesting curtis samuel i believe was picked the same draft as christian mccaffrey and when both of those guys were picked you know i remember you know the kuipers and the uh, mcshays and all these guys mayock back then all these guys were like oh these are great they give you know cam newton weapons and and curtis samuel can be a swiss army knife and yada yada they can both come out of the backfield but it's like um scott turner i think norv turner back then and then scott turner right after that they never really used him as that swiss army knife and i know there's been some injuries and in and out and quarterback and all that stuff has been changing but it's like now they have a more creative offensive staff and we're starting to see him be a swiss army knife and he's pretty damn dynamic and they, they did it in bits and pieces with North Turner yeah. and Scott Turner, but it was never cons- – they are committed to it now. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel has a carry in every single game he's played this year. He's got at least three and I believe all but two. So they're utilizing him as a runner on end arounds on these quick screens, whatever it may be. Yeah. And right now he's producing every bit as much, I believe, points per game, more than DJ Moore points per game. So even if you don't want to take Curtis Samuel seriously and you think – He's going to fall off and the inconsistency is going to return. At the very least, he's got to be looked at as a major detriment to, to DJ Moore's upside and his floor. Yeah. I mean, DJ Moore, if you can move him and uh, like your fourth running back, just move DJ Moore on name value and try and get like a legit wide receiver too. Uh, you got to go do that because he's nothing but a name right now. Tight end upgrade, as we've been talking about in recent weeks. DJ Moore for a tight end upgrade and pick somebody up off of waivers. You know, another thing about wide receiver, just strategically thinking, is like when I track, you know, the top 10 performers week to week, there's always like eight receivers that show up that are available on waivers. You don't get that with tight end at all. And you get a little bit of that with um, running back. You've actually converted me, David, because I've always been, um, I've always had the opinion that you can pick up a tight end in the draft if you know where to look. But if you miss on that, if you miss on that, you're not getting another tight end. You can find running back, quarterback, wide receiver, defense. You cannot find a tight end if you miss in the draft. And the, the, the competitive advantage from, um, Let's say middle of the road, like Higby was going like number five in tight ends this year, which was ridiculous. We talked about that. The difference between a Higby and a Kelsey or a Waller or, you know, these guys at the top. I mean, you're getting like eight points a week 
on these top five tight ends versus the top two tight ends. It's it's wild. And while you're gonna talk about it, I I gotta take the mic because yeah. this is this is my brand. That is it's the top it's the top tight ends. You gotta get them. And next year, don't think oh I'm gonna go I'm grabbing Travis Kelsey early round two. He's I'm getting Travis. No, my friends, late round one. Yep. At the turn, get him in round one. I get agree. him in round one. There's no difference between those running backs at the turn, late round one, early round two. Get Travis Kelsey with your first pick. Look, this year and before the injuries and everything, this year, which I thought was interesting, and I'm always like a running back, running back, running back guy in the first three rounds. I'll find my wide receiver and all that stuff, and I would argue that I found couldn't find a tight end. But this year, I've I've changed my mind, and like I found Waller, you know, in the last round. I did that if you look in the history. But this year, I think my guy was Hayden Hurst, who we talked about, and he's starting to pop now. But that's because Quinn got cans, and they're going back to a little bit more pass heavy stuff. So Hurst will probably end up fine, but everybody g- gave up on him, myself included. You can get Dallas Goddard and everything, but you know, and, this- and we were definitely um, sorry to cut him, but we no. were definitely a little bit skewed by the past two years getting mark andrews getting a darren waller in the late rounds that's not gonna happen yeah here. no People I, I just expect it oh yeah every year we're gonna i can find a late round tight end every year no you cannot yeah and not only that but we recall it, quarterbacks is the same thing it's like you could get lamar jackson late you could get Dak, uh, I'm sorry, um, Patrick Mahomes late in like the, the last two years. This year, the fantasy community, they, they rebounded and everybody was on Kyler Murray like early. And he was my guy, like even before I was looking at, at, at boards. But tight end, you, you don't get that. And um, the point I was making about this year is I was looking and I had that late pick. I actually traded down so that I could get the swing because I was looking at, I was hoping to get Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones. I ended up with Aaron Jones on the swing. And then I got Austin Eckler in the third round. Now, before injuries, those guys. Because I, I had Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Austin Eckler. Those guys were three of the top five running backs before the injury started happening and before Dak Prescott went down. So bottom line, what that confirms for me is your opinion. If I had gotten Kelsey with one of those, I could have still gotten three damn good running backs in the top four rounds. Like really good running. I could have gotten Kenyon Drake possibly in my draft, oddly enough, because I was in a dynasty. But So people were doing some goofy things. But anyway. Let, let me just, well, to, we might as well beat this horse dead while we're on it. My <laughs> ideal draft strategy and I think it was confirmed by the chef. I've had a pretty good redraft here. It's got to be getting one of those top tight ends. I'd say first round, Travis Kelsey's. If not him, you get Kittle in the second next year. You get your running back. So the first two picks are, mm-hmm. are a tight end and a running back. Yeah. And then three, four, five, you get those wide receivers because there's always the next big thing available. Everybody's taking those wideouts in round two, the Tyree Kills, the Julios, the DeAndre Hopkins. You can always find the next DK Metcalf. You could have gotten Metcalf later this year. Terry McLaurin, all these guys in the third, fourth, fifth. That's when you want to load up on those wide receivers, the guys who are coming up into that upper tier but are young enough, especially we're seeing, like next year, you're going to be able to get T. Higgins in the third, fourth round in a redraft league. People will have forgotten about Cortland Sutton by then because of the second year of the injury. You will be able to load up on those guys, and then once you get those three wides, you bang away at a RB2 stable. You do not need your RB2 in round two. You want a stable because when you take your RB2 in round two or your RB3 in round three, you are locked into that guy as your flex all year. Yep. You are locked into that guy in your RB2 spot, even in bad matchups. If you go the other way, get an RB and a tight end, first two picks, couple wideouts, and then you load up on RB2s in rounds five, six, seven, what's basically the last available I was getting the – um, Mostert's DeAndre Swift, yeah, right. J.K. Dobbins. 
Then you rotate those guys based on matchup. You want a deep running back stable anyways. You're better off that way with the top tight end production locked in in rotating your RB2 on a matchup base basis plus i mean this year you could have gotten antonio gibson late you could you got moster late and moster's been hurt two separate times but his points per game average if you take out him leaving in the first freaking quarter of two games his points per game average was top seven and i know because i had him Uh, and he was he was actually top seven with one of those early you know um games leaving early and all that stuff so bottom line it's the 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 landscape has shifted in terms of strategy and you can get running backs a lot later than you thought. Um, but anyway, uh, let us uh, let me push it to the line here. So Tampa Bay, minus seven versus Carolina. Who you got? I'm going uh, to take Carolina, even though Tampa Bay is going to come out pissed off. Mm-hmm. But they, they just don't look there offensively right now. They look out of sync. So I'm going to take Carolina. I, you know, I don't like it. I think this line was too high for me. Um, I was hoping that the, the ugly loss would have made this line like a four. You Tampa Bay minus four or something. I really don't like it, but I'll take Tampa Bay to win by 10 here um, get back on it. But Carolina, man, I really, I got to say, I'm really impressed with what Carolina's doing and the coaching staff there. I think they're building towards something really good. And when these old quarterbacks, you know, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees, when they retire, like Carolina's ready to, to make a run in this division for years. I think they got the right kind of coaching staff regime, um, the vision in place. I like what they're doing there. Uh, next game on the list, uh, we got the Washington football team with Alex Smith now as the quarterback versus the Detroit Lions. Um, interesting game. I'm going to stay away from Alex Smith here. Uh, he, look, he's just not. He's an efficient quarterback. He's not going to put up a lot of points, I don't think. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think, will will have some value. Uh, McLaurin, I still like him a lot more now than I did with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Uh, you to, you overrode my decision last week to bench him. You said start him, so credit to you. You were definitely right on that last week. Who was that that Giants. you started? McLaurin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like Logan Thomas with Alex Smith, the quarterback. Don't have a great projection, but I think he'll have a nice game as kind of like a safety valve there. For Detroit, um, Matt Stafford, assuming he doesn't spend the week in isolation again, I think you start him against Washington. Uh, I like Swift. I like um, – actually, I don't really love anybody else. Do you know what uh, Galladay's status is with the hip? I didn't I, – I, I tend to think he's going to be out again, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. When I when he initially got hurt, I heard a few weeks he was probably yeah, – so, so I would expect he miss at least one more game. Yeah, so to me, that means Galladay. I don't like the – I would have expected Marvin Jones to get more targets with him out. Um, I think we can confirm that he's not going to get there. The targets tend to be going to, to Amendola and, um, and Hawkinson, so I'd say start Hawkinson. But anyway, take it away, David. Yeah, I mean, I think Amendola is the clear one who's a value guy, especially in, like, DFS. I think he was 3,700. I had him in one lineup. But unfortunately, like I said before, I tanked that lineup with, with Dobbins and yeah. Mark Andrews. But, you know, it, Marvin Jones, if he can't get it done, 3 for 43 in the touchdown with Galdeo against Minnesota, who's been cake. I got no issue with you dropping Marvin Jones. He's basically yeah. he's one step away from the AJ Greens, TY Hiltons of the world. He's he's less than a step. He's like a half a step away. I agree. So I agree. There's just not really upside in keeping him and there's just so much to lose putting him in your lineup and getting those duds. No problem dropping Marvin Jones for like I mean, a even if he gets a, the even if he gets a touchdown, it's three catches, 25 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's like you can get – give me give me a receiver get some yards and some more receptions then. Jeez. Yeah. Marvin Jones is pretty much done, so I'd rather stash a high upside backup. Like I said, Tony Pollard maybe if he's still available. Yeah. Um, even other guys, Benny Snell I'd rather roster than Marvin Jones at this point just based on the upside. Yeah. DeAndre Swift, they're starting to give him the ball more, 13 carries to Peterson's eight. So that's good news. He's His floor is – 
extremely reliable. I believe he's hit double digits in all but, what, two games this year. DeAndre Swift, you, get, you just keep continue starting him no matter what, I feel like, at this point. Um, the other side of the ball, who, what's the other team we're talking about? Sorry, Washington. Uh, Washington, sorry, lost track there. Um, Alex Smith, man, it's not good. It's not good news that yeah. he's the quarterback he's taking over. It's good news for J.D. McKissick. That's about it. He had 14 targets in nine receptions for 65 yards. We talked about this the first time. Alex Smith checked down King took yeah. over. This makes J.D. McKissick not just like a low-end flex, but That's like a, good, a legit RB2. Good note. Legit RB2. And J.D. McKissick right now, he he has, I believe, six-plus receptions in four straight games. Um, I got to pull that up, but... This past week, he outsnapped Antonio Gibson forty-five to twenty-five. I don't know what's going on it's there. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. 45, forty-five to twenty-five. That, JD McKissick is an RB two right now in PPR leagues. I I, I Until just further notice. We've talked about this. I don't get it. Antonio Gibson's better. Put him on the field. It's not like he can't catch everybody for crying Give those out loud. Targets to Antonio Gibson. Goodness let him gracious. It's it's go it's poor coaching. Personnel, poor coaching, poor personnel decisions. Anyway, uh, let me hit you with the line here. We got Washington plus three and a half versus Detroit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Detroit against. I just don't think Alex Smith is ready to be out there right now. Yeah, I, look, I don't like Detroit's defense, but I don't think Washington's offense is good enough to really take advantage of that. And Detroit's offense is is good enough to take advantage of some of the things that Washington's given out. I'll take Detroit to cover there, even though I don't like that. I don't like three and a half lines. I'd rather it be three, but. Um, I think Detroit covers. Next game, this is a great one. Buffalo Bills versus the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona versus Miami, that was a lot of fun. We don't get um, – oh, we do, we do. So we'll talk about two in just a little bit. But Arizona – oh, my gosh, Kyler Murray bowled out yesterday. And I was looking at it because I was watching the game, and I saw him trading touchdowns, but I had um, the Steelers-Cowboys game on just because that game was more interesting than I thought it would be. So I was kind of glancing over at the Miami game and, and looking over, and they were trading touchdowns. At the end of the game, I'm kind of looking back and reconciling the stats. I'm like, what in the world happened here? Because Arizona probably should have won that game. I saw the turnover on down. Basically, Arizona, um, they just gave up some opportunities. They really probably should have won that game, in my opinion. But they didn't. And that's you know that's what matters in terms of your record. Just didn't win the game. But, uh, man, Arizona, I think they're going to give Buffalo some problems. Because Buffalo... Um, and Buffalo, great win against Seattle, handled Seattle. And Seattle, I knew Seattle was in trouble when Chris Carson couldn't go out. Once they couldn't really run with that physicality that Chris Carson brings, I think that's how you beat Buffalo. Uh, but I think Arizona, even though they don't have that physicality, they're going to be able to run the draws up the middle there. So I really, I'm really intrigued by just the X's and O's behind this game. But let me hit you with fantasy stuff. Josh Allen's a start. Zach Moss is my start at running back now, Buffalo. You called that uh, a couple weeks ago, David. Very good. Um, Stephon Diggs, I love him this week. I like Cole Beasley this week. Not John Brown, not Gabriel Davis, but Cole Beasley as well. Stephon Diggs, staying away from everybody else. Arizona, uh, Kyler Murray, how could you not start him? He's playing incredible. You start Chase Edmonds this week. Uh, we'll see what goes on with Drake's status as we move on. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, gets back in the end zone. Yes, I respect Buffalo's ability to cover up the sidelines and everything, but I do think DeAndre gets back in. Uh, Christian Kirk at this point might be a weekly start. Everybody who's been talking about him as well in recent weeks. He's just getting into the end zone since he's been back off the injured list, um, and then I stay away from everybody else. Take it away, David. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole ton to cover. You hit on most of it. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had a down game. You don't yeah. really worry too much about that. Chase Edmonds didn't look so great in right. in that lead back role. There's a 
a bit unfortunate to see, especially as a chase with Edmonds. If you have him on your roster, you're kind of hoping he's going to take this gig and run with it. It's looking like when Kenyon Drake returns, it's probably going to go back to being that split committee. So if you can sell high on Edmonds to someone who's desperate for a running back, you don't need him as much. It's something to consider, that's for sure. Kyler Murray, holy moly, yeah. right? You said, I mean. What a game. It's the rushing. He has 60-plus rushing yards in six out of eight games. He's only got less than 60 rushing yards in two games, 29 against Detroit and 31 against the Jets. So 29 and 31 are his two looks. He's got a rushing touchdown in seven out of eight games. So obviously, at a certain point, that's going to regress back towards the mean. Sure. But he can pass the ball. It's not the, it's not the same concern with Lamar Jackson yeah. that we had last year to me because – you just see Kyler Murray. Look at the touchdowns he's passing. Two, three, one, two, three, three. The, his past weeks, he's passing the ball for three hundred plus it's yards incredible. in the upper two eighties. So he can do it all right now. I mean, the, the schedule down the stretch is not exactly brutal. We have Buffalo this week, then Seattle, New England, which will be. A, we'll see how he does. Then the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, and then finishes the fantasy playoffs against the Niners. So, absolutely, Kyler Murray, you don't trade him for anything. I mean, you don't swap him for any quarterback. You don't overthink the rushing touchdown regression. I mean, just just ride him while he's hot. Yeah. he's Man, I, I can't say enough about the guy. Like, if it weren't for, you know, I've been saying, like, Russell Wilson's my MVP, but we'll see how the last half of the season goes because Kyler Murray's got to start getting in this conversation if he's not already with people. He's really doing some special things. And Josh Allen, if he can play every you know week, he started the first four weeks of the season on fire, uh, played incredible. I, like, I wasn't sure if we were going to get the bounce-back game against Seattle or not. He definitely, like, like 415 yards, three touchdowns, and then one on the ground, too. If he can close out the season like that, he's got to be in the MVP discussion. Two really good teams playing. I think another week we're going to get a lot of points in this game. Uh, in this game. I do think that Arizona can run the ball more effectively than what Seattle was able to do last week with DJ Dallas and uh, Homer. Um, so let me get you with the line here. Buffalo on the road plus one and a half versus the Cardinals. Who do you got? That's a tough game. I definitely don't want to pick this one either. Right. Buffalo, I feel like I've been like chasing last week's game every time I've picked them this year. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just pick Arizona because I feel like Buffalo is just – kind of likes to break our heart a little bit every time we buy in they let us down you know i picked seattle last week against buffalo um i'm actually going to pick arizona this week uh, against buffalo and again i say this and you know bills fans are probably getting sick of me saying this because I, I really do respect the team but i think arizona actually although i still think and i yes, i know the cardinals beat the the seahawks i still think arizona um, when we get to the playoffs and Seattle, you know, has Carson, I think Seattle might be the better team there in terms of making the run. But that's not to say Arizona is not the team of this division. Um, it really depends on really what this team can do under pressure and in pressure situations. This is a big bounce back game for them coming off a loss. I want to see what the team does. I believe in Arizona and Kyler Murray. They should have won that game last week, I think, against a very good and underrated Miami team. Good for Arizona, good for Buffalo. I can't wait to watch. I'm not picking it in, in my bets, but I'll take Arizona with you. Next game on the list, we got the Denver Broncos versus Las Vegas Raiders. Denver, um, I think they only play in the fourth quarter, so maybe we should set the line for the first three quarters of the game. Um, you know, Drew Locke is really good coming from behind, um, but didn't get it done quite last week. 
Uh, the Raiders, I, I, I just love their offensive philosophy. They're giving up too many points. Everybody knows that. So we should get some points in this game. Um, and I like Denver's defense more than I like the Raiders' defense, but I also like the Raiders' offense more than the Denver offense. So going to be a fun game to watch. Game is in Vegas. Um, I'm going to sit Drew Locke in terms of fantasy. Uh, I would start Gordon this week, although Philip Lindsay should be back and healthy and all that. I tend to actually like Philip Lindsay more than Gordon when they're both in the lineup. Um, let's see, Judy Patrick. These guys should get points, but my real thing is what's going to go on at tight end there. I know Fant left the game again. Is he going to be healthy? Is he not? David, you can clean that up for me when we swing it over to you. I start Denver tight end there for sure. Vegas, um, I'm going to sit Derek Carr this week. I'm going to start Josh Jacobs. I'm staying away from the receivers, but I am starting Waller. Take it away, David. Yeah, I didn't know about Noah Fant, so I can't I can't provide okay. any clarif- clarification there. Derek Carr, I was really hoping this past week against the Chargers, you know, I wrote off that Browns game, the wind tunnel game, you know, whatever, he's going to bounce back. Only 23 attempts against the Chargers, a team that's been susceptible against the pass. So I'm I'm cooling on Derek Carr. It's just they're not passing the ball enough. They don't have the, the weapons enough beyond Darren Waller. Henry Ruggs is just like a glorified decoy at this point. He's not even yeah. touching the ball. Yeah, and I mean, then, he's got the potential there. It, it, it is interesting. Like, I thought he was, of all the rookie receivers, he was my favorite in terms of his landing spot and all that. And there were a lot of good receivers. He was the one I was looking most forward to. But it's not – I was expecting him just to be not like Randy Moss in the Vikings, his rookie year or anything like that. But I thought they were going to be taking deep shot after deep shot to this guy. And you're right. It's almost as if he's more decoy at this point than he is deep threat. But the potential's still there, though. So it's like it's hard for me to like move away from it mentally because you see the potential on the field. So I I, I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely the Deshaun Jackson type, where you basically you're getting a long touchdown or you're getting absolutely <laughs> absolutely nothing, and you, you just got to keep betting on nothing with Derek Carr. He's not inclined to throw the deep ball. He, he wants to keep checking it down to Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. Man, now they're giving Devonte Booker carries like. They're not getting him involved as a receiver. Josh Jacobs, man, I mean, th- this is concerning. Like, why? Why are they not involving Josh Jacobs? Like, is it health-related? It can't be skill-related. He's got the skills. It just it raises question marks. What is going on in Las Vegas? Devontae Booker has been the bane of my existence for about six years in fantasy football. I cannot I, – I, it's like Philip Lindsay. He was taking snaps away from Philip Lindsay in Denver. I love Philip Lindsay. I mean, you see, you see him every time he's on the field. He's ma- he's making an impact. And Devontae Booker's always getting in there. Now he's doing it with the Raiders. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. But uh, for the Broncos, Locke is another great stream. If you streamed him last week, he, he was you were regretting it through three quarters, but in the fourth <laughs> quarter, he came through yeah. and he ended up as one of the top point scorers of the week at quarterback. Now he gets the Raiders, who have allowed the sixth most most fantasy points to quarterbacks on a points per game basis. So. Hopefully it turns into a bit of a shootout. Said that last week with with the Raiders and in the Chargers, and it, it did a little bit, but not from a passing perspective for the for the Raiders. So hopefully the Raiders go ahead and Drew Lock has another big uh, garbage time week for you. Let me hit you with the line here. We got Denver plus four and a half versus the Raiders. Who you got? I'm gonna take the Raiders at four and a half. It isn't crazy, and I don't think Denver's all that good. Yeah. Um... 
just based on Locke, like I, I think the Raiders will win, but I think the the, the Broncos, man, they just I just think they're going to do what they've been doing the last few weeks and close the gap. So I think it's going to be a late Broncos cover. Raiders win. Um, interesting though, just just an interesting game. We'll see what happens. Next game on the list, we got the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. This was kind of the reschedule. You know, I think this is the last of the games that got shuffled around due to some of the COVID stuff earlier in the year. Uh, but anyway, we got Herbert. Um, he got banged up, but he did come in and finish the game out. Good for him. Uh, the Chargers are scoring a lot of points, but now that they're scoring points, the defense isn't as stout as it once was. Um, but that's kind of how it goes. Miami Dolphins, if you're a Dolphins fan, you got to be loving, um, loving what's going on there. They scored another defensive touchdown against the Cardinals that basically won them the game, along with, I think, a, uh, been able to force them off the field on downs. The, this Dolphins defense is for real. I'm not panicking that they gave up a lot of points. They were number one, as you mentioned last week, in points per game. Um, they gave up a lot to Arizona, but it's hard to stop Arizona and Kyler Murray. So, I'm, you know, that happens. Let's call that the outlier. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. And Tua, you got to be enthused if you're, a, if you're a Dolphins fan because we both kind of threw that first Tua um, Tunga Vailoa game out the window because the Rams' defense is good, and Miami was housing the Rams so early in that game that they never really had to do anything. Well, he looked pretty good. Now, he didn't. He wasn't as good as Kyler Murray, but who is it this this season? You can make the argument that you know Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray running away with the quarterback show. So, either way, Tua looks good enough. I'm more and most concerned about the running game as I've been with Gaskin out on the IR now. Um, you know, they have kind of like a, a rotating guy. Jordan Howard gets in the end zone. He has another like 1.5 yards per carry day. It's a little weird. Let me hit you with fantasy stuff real quick. Herbert's a start. Um, let's see what goes on with the Chargers. Is it Keelan Balaj? Is Justin Jackson going to be there? Is it Joshua Kelly? I don't know. Start two running backs. Pick your running backs there. Just pay attention to the injury report and the depth chart. Um, Keenan Allen's a start. I like uh, actually Guyton more than I like Mike Williams this week, analytically speaking. I think um, Guyton I could think get Williams got dinged up again, too. And I saw him uh, in, the, in the end zone laying on the ground after uh, a missed reception. So we'll see if he plays. I missed that. I was watching the game, but I missed that. I didn't see that. Um, and then I'm staying away from tight end this week against the Chargers, uh, especially with um, – I can't remember the uh, – oh, who's the who's – the, Who's the other tight end that gets to the end zone all the time? Parham. Yeah. Donald Parham. Yeah, he gets, he gets all Henry's touchdowns, so I'm just staying away from him. Then you got uh, Miami, dude. I, I'm, I am starting Tua this week. Uh, I'm staying away from running back personally. I'm just going to stay away. I don't like that backfield without um, Gaskin in there. Uh, let's see. Wide receiver. I like Preston Williams with Tua a little bit more than I like Devontae Parker. Monitor that. Um, Preston Williams looks... Like, he's a little bit more trusted, especially in the red zone. I think Re- he got dinged up, too. Like uh, was- gotta see. But there's a lot, of, a lot of dings where we It's impossible to keep track of. And I did. I read before the, this thing, like, all the injuries. It's like, there's so many of them. They're not even being reported at this point. Anyway. So, yeah. Well, obviously, he's, if he's out, I switch back over to Devontae Parker. And I think Gesicki is an interesting one this week. I'm not always high on him. But I think, analytically speaking, he's projected to get in the end zone. So, you could take a flyer on him in daily fantasy. Take it away, David. I think Hunter Henry, you talked about Parham, keeps stealing all those touchdowns. You're not wrong, but I feel like you got to keep starting him because Herbert is just playing so well. There's yeah. so much volume in that passing offense. Hunter Henry has to score eventually, right? <laughs> Does he even yeah. have a touchdown on the year? Somebody double-check that in the, in the comments. But I, and maybe one. Maybe he's got one or two. Like He's due for some positive <laughs> touchdown regression. So I like Hunter Henry. I think he's been involved on a weekly basis the floor has been excellent the ceiling just hasn't been touched yet yeah and their schedule isn't awful going forward so i like hunter henry um 
especially if you need a buy low, he's someone's backup. See if you can acquire him if you need tight end help. With yep. the running backs, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm impressed by what I saw out of Kalen Balaj. Yeah, and it it's feels weird to say that because he's become taboo a little bit over the past two years. Like you couldn't just like Kenyon Drake was when he played for the Dolphins, right? Couldn't even speak Kenyon Kalen Balaj's name without it like tainting your record. Like forever, like <laughs> no, 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 like don't, don't even pick him up as like your twenty fifth roster spot in dynasty. Your people will never forgive you. But at this point, how many? Every week we talk about it. It's a different guy who's been freed from Adam Gase, who who plays well when he gets away You're from right. Adam Gase. Kalen Balaj is just the latest on the list. Fifteen carries, sixty nine yards, a rushing touchdown. And it's the system. He also had two receptions for 15 yards. It's the system. We've seen running back after running back after mm-hmm. running back after running back put up fantasy points. First, there was Eckler. Josh Kelly had his big games. Then Justin Jackson took over. He had his big games. Jackson got dinged up. Kalen Balaj comes in. He's got a big game. So this team is producing fantasy points from the running back slot on a consistent week-to-week basis. And if they're willing to play Kalen Balaj over Joshua Kelly when Austin Eckler's out, how do we know they're not going to stick with Kalen Balaj over Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson when Austin Eckler returns? And we know with Austin Eckler, this is going to be a two-back system. They're not going to run Austin Eckler yeah, into the right. ground as a rusher. Mm-hmm. So that presents an opportunity for Kalen Balaj. He's probably unowned in every dynasty league. Yep. He's definitely unowned in every redraft league. Mm-hmm. So absolutely stash this guy. See what happens if he continues to play out of Josh Kelly, if they don't turn back to Justin Jackson. Kalen Balaj is going to be a weekly flex play in this offense. Absolutely. And then the, the other side, while we're talking running backs, Sal, Salvon, I don't even know his first, Savon Ahmed. I didn't even try. I ignored it. I, he, he led the team in snaps. <laughs> and Jordan Howard yeah. is a glorified goal line back. They like giving him carries on third and one and, and on the one yard line. Yeah. They don't really like giving him the ball outside of that. He was he was a healthy scratch before that. Yep. So if if Savon or however the heck you say it, Savon Savon whatever it may be, if he can play decent enough to to leap over Jordan Howard in the pecking order, Matt Braid has got his injuries. Maybe he becomes the backup to Miles Gaskin. Maybe Miles Gaskin he's already got his health injuries. Maybe he does he does come back. Maybe he does the Christian McCaffrey comes back for a week and goes out. So yeah, right. stash Savon Ahmed, whatever his first name, stash Ahmed, see what happens. I mean, these guys, Balaj Ahmed, you got nothing to lose really stashing right. them, especially in a deep dynasty league. Find, let's find out what happens with these guys. Let me hit you with the line here. We got the Chargers plus two and a half versus Miami. Who you got? Miami just keeps on winning. They just keep on winning. And I, the Chargers just keep finding a way to lose. Yeah. So... I'm taking Miami. I, I'm with you. I mean, I think the Chargers are almost due, but Miami's defense. Look, I'm again. I'm not looking at last week. It's it's impossible to stop Kyler Murray in that offense. It really is. So I'm not looking there. And Miami was able to score again on defense. They score on defensive touchdowns. Their defense is strong. I'm going to take Miami to cover this spread. I believe in them. I think Miami will get up to what six and three. Um, I think they're five and three now. They'll get up to six and three. They're up, guys. I mean. You got to say that they're, they're one of the favorites to get a wild card in, in the playoffs at this point, the way they're playing. It all hinges on Tua's shoulders, of course, and to see. And I do think Herbert plays better than Tua will this game, but Miami Dolphins defense will play better than the uh, than the Los Angeles Chargers defense. Next game on the list, we got the San Francisco 49ers coming off the bye versus New Orleans Saints. We know Garoppolo and Kittle would be out when we Thursday record. Thursday night game. Thursday night game they played this past week. 
Oh, you're right. Yeah, they just didn't play Sunday. Kind of brain fart there. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, so like when we recorded last week, we did not uh, know that Kittle and Garoppolo were going to be out um, to the extent that they are. Um, I think that got reported a little bit later on Monday, at least Kittle's. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know, one of the two. Uh, the Saints, Michael Thomas back, suddenly they just blow the doors off of, uh, of a team. I mean, the Saints just played great. They were up for that game. Um, when the Saints are up for a game, they're, they're, like, they're really hard to beat. They haven't really been up for a game since, I think, week one when they played Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So are they going to be up for this one? I think they will because they lost to the San Francisco 49ers last, last year. I think they'll be motivated. The 49ers... Look, I think they're getting people back from the COVID list. I think, like, again, after the re-recorded, I think, like, they're already injured. They're already missing, like, 10 of their best 15 players. They they, they ended up losing another six of their of their starters, including Trent Williams last. I mean, it was just bad. San Francisco 49ers, I don't know what they did, but they pissed off the injury gods and the injury list gods. But anyway, let me get to the fantasy stuff. Um, I'm staying away from quarterback. I have a good projection on Mullins, but I'm just going to stay away because I don't know. I know you like him a little bit more than I do, David. Uh, running back, I guess McKinnon. I mean, who, who, let me say this. If I pick a San Francisco running back to pop, just pick the other San Francisco <laughs> running back because I haven't gotten it right all damn year. Um, one of them should score well enough. I'm staying away from receiver. I did see that Jordan Reed is back. So is it Dwelly? Is it Reed? Play one of those tight ends for now. For now, if I had to guess, and I'm wavering even as I say it, I'll take Jordan Reed. I have Dwelly on my roster, though. I don't know, David. You see, <laughs> I see him shaking his head. Uh, let's see here, Breeze. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna start Kamara. I'm gonna start Michael Thomas. And then I sit everybody else. I think the 49ers defense plays well enough. Um, it's the question marks their offense. Take it away, David. Yeah, it's not Jordan Reed. I hate to break it to you. How many times do we got to do this Jordan Reed thing before we give up? How many times has it? Been? Well, the problem it's is when he I plays, he'll play. He'll play a half, get two touchdowns, and then go out with the concussion. The question, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be like funny when I say this, is like, how quickly will he be? Will he be concussed in the game? Like. It's a he shame. He already had his two touchdown game this year. We got it out of him. He got it out of his system. <laughs> it's back to being just useless. He's back to being useless again. Let's just let's just agree on that until he stacks two games. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's fair. Until Jordan Reed stacks two games, he's useless. I'm I'm done factoring him into any equation. And I do think Ross Tw- Dwelly right now has earned it. He's earned the right to play over Jordan Reed just because he has more chemistry with Nick Mullins. He's been on the team longer, practicing with Nick Mullins, and he's produced at least fairly decently when he's been out there. You know, and he hasn't been making mistakes. He can block, unlike Jordan Reed. So absolutely, if you're if you're a George Kittle owner and you're trying to pick between Dwelly and Reed, it, it should be Ross Dwelly. I don't have a strong argument against that. <laughs> but there's not really a whole lot else to cover. Like you said, the running game is just a, a complete guessing game right now. Is McKinnon the guy they actually want to lean on? Did they lean on him more because it was a short week and they couldn't prepare Hasty what they needed to do? What happens when Mostert comes back? When it's just it's just a bit of a headache right now. I'm still holding George Kittle in just hopes and prayers that he does what he does and just becomes an animal and fights back and plays hurt. So I, I wouldn't drop George Kittle yet. Wait till they get completely eliminated from the playoffs. We already talked about it early in the episode. There's nothing out there at tight end. You have nothing to lose just holding George Kittle and hoping for the best. If you got to release him in two, three weeks when they rule him out for the year, so be it. Just yeah. hold him for now. Hope for the best. On the other side, the Saints, thank God Michael Thomas is back. 
I'm so happy to have him back in yeah. my life again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got him in a few dynasty leagues. I've got him in a, a one redraft league. I traded for him because you know me. I don't draft wide receivers early. Right. Five for 51. That was good. Beyond him and Kamara, you can't trust anyone. Drew yeah, Brees is spreading the ball around way too much. Look at this. It's like 12 guys who caught a pass for him. Five for Thomas, one for Deontay Harris, three for Troutman, four for Sanders, two for Cook, one for Taysom Hill, two for Josh Hill, one for Trey Smith, one for Michael Burton, two for Callaway, five Kamara, two for Latavius. Like, How do you defend them? I mean, it's a great if you're a Saints fan, maddening if you're trying to figure out their fantasy football stuff. Yeah, it's Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and forget about it. That's, yeah. that's about it. How, how you approach the Saints. Agreed. Uh, let me hit you with the line here. We got San Francisco plus seven versus the Saints. Who you got? You know, Nick Mullins, I, I, I wanted to see more from him. I didn't see it last Thursday. I'm absolutely taking the Saints here. I might go bet some money on this one like I did betting on Baltimore this past week. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let me just – I'll say this. Let's see who's available for the 49ers. It, it always seems like they lose another five five guys like after we record this. I had this as a Saints six-point victory, late cover by 49ers kind of deal. Um, I'm going to take the Saints, but I'm going to stay away from – personally, I'm going to stay away from this unless the 49ers like get a bunch of people inactive at the last minute again like we saw last week. Uh, next game on the list here, big division matchup, NFC West. we got the San Francisco – I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, look, Seattle coming off a loss to Buffalo, a pretty convincing loss in my opinion. Now, Russell Wilson, he's not going to have – what, four turnovers? He's not going to have that kind of game again. The Rams defense, I like them. But their offense I like enough versus the Seattle Seahawks defense. Man, I'm sick of waiting for this defense to really kind of ball out. They have talent. It's time secondary. Like, it's time to put it together. I like the Seattle Seahawks run defense, but the Rams are good enough to pass on the Seahawks. Not every team is. The Rams are. So it's going to be interesting. I do think there will be points in this matchup. Let me get you with the fancy uh, football stuff here. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously, a start. We'll see what happens at running back. For me, at this point, if Hyde and or Carson are out. I'm not starting a single Seattle Seahawks um, running back. You might disagree with me, David. I'm not a believer in DJ Dallas. I'm not a believer in Travis Homer. Uh, but if one of those guys, Carson or, or Hyde, are able, able to play, I'd play either one of them. Uh, this week is a bounce-back week for me for Lockett. DK Metcalf at me is an auto start. He's just he's too physical, man. He's he's. I don't even care about the analytics. He's uncoverable. They're just a few guys in the league like that. De- Devontae Adams is another one. Just start him every week. doesn't matter. Uh, tight end for Seattle. No, I stay away. For the Rams, I start Goff against this Seattle Seahawks defense. Um, you know, I could probably sit any, especially with the kind of the rotation there with the Rams. I probably sit the running backs this week personally. Uh, I think Cup, I think Woods um, are both starts. And I'm staying away from tight end this week, David, for the Rams. Take it away. Man, I'll tell you what. If Cooper Cup doesn't have a game against the yeah. Seattle Seahawks, I mean, we're, you're already panicking if you own Cooper Cup. He's he's just completely underwhelmed this year. And I was all over Cooper Cup. I just because I was out on Tyler Higby, I didn't believe yep. Higby was going to affect him. Me too. I don't know. I don't know what is affecting him at this point. Maybe he's not as good as we think, and teams are starting to figure him out. And maybe he was too touchdown dependent, and you know we didn't factor in the touchdown regression. Up. I don't know what it is, but Cooper Cup is just underwhelmed completely this year. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea after he hopefully has a huge game to explore offers. Yeah, agreed. The schedule's not terrible down the stretch, but they face New England week 14. You never know if New England's defense is going to show up and shut somebody down. The Jets week 15, we don't know if that's going to turn into a, a quick blowout where they're just running the whole second half. 
And again, they have Seattle Week 16. So if you can get to that Week 16 matchup in your Hell Cup, great news. But I don't mind exploring maybe maybe selling Cooper Cup after a big game against Seattle because it, it just hasn't happened this year. Agreed. Let me check the line here, man. We got the Seattle Seahawks plus one versus the Los Angeles Rams. Who do you got? That's a surprising spread to me. I mean, I think the Chris Carson injury is really, like you said, it's affecting this team. Mm -hmm. They've become one-dimensional. And DJ Dallas and Travis Homer, they just are not, they don't have the power and the ruggedness that Chris Carson offers as a runner. They just, they can't get that two, three yards every play, no matter what's given to them. Like Chris Carson can just. Yeah, Carson, Carson gets stuffed at the line by two guys and he still falls forward for a yard and a half. I mean, that's, it's just rare. It just is. James Robinson's kind of like that for Jacksonville. That's why when people have you were you were way earlier on James Robinson than I was. So credit to you. But when you know my readers come in and ask me, they say, "Ah, is he a flash in the pan?" I say, "No, no, 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 not not James Robinson. Like he's he's a different running back. He's always falling forward for an extra two or three yards. That's rare. Chris Carson is that way. That's why when people are like on Rashad Penny, I'm like, dude. I mean, I don't I, again. I don't know how to describe it, but there's just a physicality that coaches respond to and the teammates respond to and it's the difference between three and a half and four and a half yards per carry unfortunately it's also the difference between staying healthy and getting hurt (laughs) consistently every year very fair point very fair point But yeah this team does need chris carson back but Mm -hmm. a one point spread give me seattle Seattle. Yeah, I'll take Seattle. I mean, if look, if Wilson didn't didn't throw for, or I'm sorry, threw two picks. I think he fumbled twice, something like that. It was four turnovers. If he didn't do that, I mean, Seattle probably wins that game. Um, it was a rough game. I give credit to Buffalo. I think Buffalo had a nice game plan um, against Seattle, but Buffalo is really good up the sidelines. Um, the Rams, they have Jalen Ramsey. They're okay against... I think the Buffalo strength basically is the sidelines and they have weaknesses everywhere else. Whereas I th- think the Rams' strength is almost like their defensive line. Seattle is more able to neutralize that. I think matchup-wise, Seattle have a better time against the Rams, especially coming off a loss and being a little pissed. So I'll take the Seattle Seahawks as well. Uh, next game, we got Sunday Night Football. Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. I can see by David's hat that uh, he's not going to be biased about this pick at all. Um, let me get you with fantasy football projections here first. Lamar Jackson, I don't love this week. Well, analytically, I don't love this week against the Patriots, but I actually do like this matchup for Lamar Jackson. So I'm overriding the analytics, and I'm starting Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you why when we get to the spread. Um, I'm staying away from the running backs here, and I'm actually staying away from the receivers here. I think Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle are probably the better players um, in this matchup. If you're going to start a running back, I like Dobbins more than anybody else. Uh, For the Patriots, Cam Newton, I do not like at all. I do not like the running backs. I do not like the wide receivers. I do not like the tight ends. Against Baltimore's defense, they're ready to go against against the New England Patriots. It's going to have to be Cam Newton running the ball a lot. And I don't know that he's going to have success. It's going to be a weird game, honestly, to me. But anyway, take it away, David. I love I love the New England recap there. I do not like Cam Newton. I do not I do like not. Backs. I do not like green eggs and ham. Yeah. <laughs> I will not eat them, Sam. I am. <laughs> I, uh, I'm out. I'm out on New England for sure. <laughs> As you should be. This team has just, I mean, we'll see what they do tonight against the Jets. It's the Jets. Let's yeah. look at the bigger picture here. This offense is falling apart. This offense is just not looking good. They can't move the ball. Baltimore's a crazy good defense right now. I'll probably bet some more money on Baltimore again this week, depending what the spread is. But I do lo- love the running backs, both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards this week. New England, 
is known for their defense. They've been susceptible against the run. Yeah. One, Fair. two, three, four, five, six teams. Only six teams have been worse than them. They're number seventh easiest fantasy matchup for running backs right now. Lions, Packers, Texans, Raiders, Panthers, Jaguars. So that's the only teams have been worse to running backs right now. Gus Edwards, he's got a touchdown in three straight games. He's getting enough carries. I expect him to get another uh, goal line touchdown this week. They're giving him basically all of the goal line touches. Mm-hmm. I like J.K. Dobbins. It's a tough, yeah. tough game against the Colts. But again, we talked about the Colts' yeah. defense. They're legit. I was expecting a little bit more, expecting a little bit more receiving usage usage from Dobbins. But still, I'm not going to worry too much. It's a good matchup against the Patriots. I'm starting him. Mark Andrews, he's due. I've, I've been saying this every week, but he's due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to start him if you own him. You don't have another option. Hollywood, I, he's he's due to. God, these guys have been due for a while. It, it's not it's not been a fun time owning Mark Andrews or Hollywood no, yeah. Brown in any. But I do think this is going to be the Patriots defense. Let's just make this clear. When they were great last year, they did they did nothing against Lamar Jackson when they played mm-hmm. in prime time. Lamar Jackson lit them up. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different this year. Teams are figuring it out, but I still don't have any faith. I think it's going to be a major blow up game. For, for a lot of these Ravens here. You know, um, and I'll get you with the line in a second, but I mentioned Lamar Jackson at the top. And I, I, I look, the New England Patriots, you're right. I mean, I think their strength is in the passing offense. And so, you know, I think the New England Patriots give a team like maybe Buffalo, maybe Kansas City, uh, maybe Pittsburgh, if they end up playing a little bit more grief than they do, say, a Baltimore who's not reliant on the passing game. Baltimore, if they get, and I, this is what I love about the Ravens because I do criticize them, um, what I love about the Ravens is if they're getting the three yards per carry like they were getting with their running backs against the, um, and it was less than that, it was like two and a half and 2.1 yards per carry against the Colts, they'll stick with it. They'll stick with it, and that has an impact in the fourth quarter. Like you referenced, David, last year, the New England Patriots could not do anything against Lamar Jackson. Now, they'll try this week. But I do believe Mark Andrews is going to be opened up because I think the Patriots will have to do some more things to try to react to Lamar Jackson. I don't like this matchup at all for the Patriots' defense. And let me be clear about this if you're a first-time watcher. I'm, I'm a buyer on the Patriots' defense week after week. I do not like this matchup at all for New England. New England, to me, the path to victory here is to be able to run the ball and be able to run the ball with Cam Newton I think it's both teams. It's basically who's going to be the better rusher at quarterback, and I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I just good luck running the it. ball on the Ravens. Agreed. 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 Now, if the New England Patriots had a Lamar Jackson, a guy that was so fast that you could stretch the field, so that if they're trying to stop the run, they're still stretched. You know, you, you get eight men. You can't have eight men in the box with Lamar Jackson because he can get to the outside on you. You know. It, it that is the difference in this game uh, this week for me. But anyway, let me hit you with the line, David. We got Baltimore minus six and a half versus the Patriots. Who do you got? Baltimore. I'm putting some money on that one. One touchdown. Uh, come on, guys. One touchdown. Cam Newton is not going to be able to keep them that close. It's I not going to I agree. I agree. And Baltimore is so opportunistic defensively. Cam Newton hasn't been accurate this year. Cam Newton's got to make Baltimore pay down the field. I don't think he can do it against Baltimore's defense. Who's I, he going to do it with? I know. Gunnar's, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and I respect the Patriots and their ability to cover spreads and all that, but this is a different season. This is a different team with on-field leadership. I have Baltimore winning this game 20 to 9. So I don't have it as a massive blowout, but I have it as a, as a safe cover for sure. Uh, next game on the list, we got uh, Monday Night Football Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Vikings have been better since the bye week. 
Um, the Chicago Bears cannot score at all. I love their defense, but they can't score, except for maybe like the last two minutes of the game to uh, to screw a cover. But anyway, Minnesota Vikings. I don't offensively look. You start to uh, Dalvin Cook. I do kind of like. Uh, Analytically, I kind of like the wide receivers this week, but this is Chicago Bears, man. I don't think Cousins is going to have a great game, so I'm going to override the analytics. I'm going to stay away from the wide receivers for the Bengals or um, for the Vikings. For the Chicago Bears, Nick Foles, because the look, the 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 projections are skewed because Minnesota's defense opened up the season very poorly. They're better now. They're playing better now. I'm staying away from every single Chicago Bear outside of maybe Allen Robinson. That's where I'm at, David. Take it yeah. away. I don't blame you. I'm staying away, too. David Montgomery, guys, I get it with the, the matchups. Stop playing this guy, no, especially yeah. in DFS. Stop stop looking at the matchups because he just doesn't get it done, no matter what the matchup is. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily all his fault. The mm-hmm. offensive line is terrible. The quarterback play is not helping the situation, and the, and the play calling is trash. So... Look, man, at this point, I don't think they will because um, the, the ownership there is is very, very patient. But at this point, you got to start thinking about firing Nagy. you got to. I mean, the it's defense is a – that point. This is a championship defense. Like, they're – this is – and it's not like they don't have weapons, David. It's not like they don't have weapons. You can't figure out an offensive line. Even a bad coaching staff can figure out how to plug some kind of offensive line together throughout the season. They can't get anything done. And it, I think the thing that comes with it is Matt Nagy is supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. That's it, yeah. He is not supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. So when the defense is playing well and your head coach who is hired to be an offensive genius can't even get this offense to an average level, yeah. you absolutely have to think. There are just some guys who maybe they're just better as offensive coordinators than coaches. Maybe they're just better coaching under someone. Maybe he was never even a good coordinator. Maybe Andy Reid was the one who was – who was good all along, and he was just riding Andy Reid's coattails. But That's yeah, kind of how I got, feel. They gotta, they gotta start thinking about moving on from him because it, it's just not, it's just not clicking offensively for them. Yeah, Chicago for me, the best, the best next head coach to me. And I know everybody's talking about Bienemy, but it's the same system, right? It's still the Andy Reid tree. So I don't say, I don't say him. I would go with Arthur Smith, who I've been talking up for a while. Arthur Smith, if you're talking about the difference for this team, fixing the offensive line, committing to a run game, and that's that's the that's I, I live in Chicago. That's the mark of the city. Be, run the ball, play defense. Arthur Smith would be a slam dunk, slam dunk hire for this organization. But I'm not convinced that they'll get rid of Nagy. Um, you know, the they're they're very patient in ownership. We'll see, man. We'll see. Anyway, um, let me hit you with the line here. We got Minnesota minus two and a half versus Chicago. That should say something. Minnesota on the road, minus two and a half versus Chicago. Yeah, this is this is where Minnesota comes back to reality of being a not good team, I think. I think Chicago has faced some better teams, you know, and they've, they've played decently. So I, I just, Chicago's the winning team right now, and I don't trust Minnesota to perform, especially Kirk Cousins. He yeah. had three touchdowns, no interceptions this past week against Detroit. I don't expect Kirk Cousins to play yeah. against the Bears like he played against Detroit. And Dalvin Cook, two great games. He's due for a little bit of a dud. I, I think the Bears are probably going to handle Minnesota a little bit. At least defensively, they'll handle this offense. You know, I've been complimentary of Chicago all season. It's because of that defense. I was an early buyer. Even in the offseason, I was a buyer in Chicago's defense to bounce back. Um, and I really do like this team quite a bit. And honestly, I would not even... It, talking about coaching changes, I would not even mind giving Pagano another run 
at being a head coach, getting rid of Nagy, get Pagano in as the head coach, and get a new offense and new offensive system in there. I, it, that wouldn't bother me one bit. But in this game, I think Minnesota's playing better football. I don't think Kirk Cousins has a good game. I agree with that. But I think Dalvin Cook does enough. And Chicago's defense is really, really good, and they're going to be doing everything they can to stop him. I think he does enough with volume to cover this spread. So I'll take Minnesota. Uh, David, uh, we did a pretty good job there getting through the uh, getting through the podcast, and at least in terms of the games. But let's quickly run through. Was that through. the last game? That was the last game. Oh, wow. Look at us go, huh? Yeah, look at us go. We're getting better in terms of the time there, being a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, consolidated with our discussion. But let's go through our our, our um, fantasy football week 10 waiver wire targets, waiver wire pickups. Um, let's just give a couple of names here. I'll let you run with the first name at quarterback, David, who you like. It's Tua. It's Tua. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't giving up after one bad game and uh, I'm absolutely buying in now after what we wanted to see was him yeah. utilize his legs is for him to unleash that next level of fantasy upside. And what makes the difference between good fantasy quarterbacks and great fantasy quarterbacks the ones who use their legs, 35 rushing yards. And some of those scrambles were beautiful. The yep. last last drive of the game where he evaded like three, four tackles and ran up the field. He's not scared to run. He he can run. Those 35 yards might not seem a lot, but that's the equivalent to like an extra 80, 85 passing yards. That's the difference between a 240-yard passing game yep. and a 320-yard passing game. So I it doesn't always look crazy, but it's going to it's gonna add up on the stat sheet. I can't believe pe- more people haven't picked him up yet. I cannot believe it. I, I, I cannot game, believe it. They saw one game, and they, they just thought no upside. But guys, yeah. this is his first start ever. Come on. Against a good defense, and they were winning. They didn't have to, they didn't have to pass the ball. But anyway, I completely agree with that. You know, it, Kyler Murray had the better game, but what really struck me is is, is amazing as Kyler Murray was playing that game, Tua looked like he was holding up or keeping up with that. And when you're talking about Kyler Murray, he's on another planet right now. Tua, it's not like you you saw Miami play and the quarterback played degraded. Like he's he's legit. Everybody, pick him up for crying out loud. He is my favorite pickup. Absolutely, I agree with you. I'll give you another name, um, Teddy Bridgewater, who we've talked about on this show. Now Christian McCaffrey, he's better with them in there. But early in the season, Christian McCaffrey was getting a ton of rushing touchdowns before the injury, and it's just like for crying out loud. You like it, Christian McCaffrey was getting the receptions. He just wasn't getting the screen pass touchdowns. Screen pass touchdowns count for quarterbacks, everybody. I know McCaffrey will be injured again, but Bridgewater, as we kind of close out the year, he's going to get these nice, cheapy um, you know, screen pass touchdowns. He had the little chest pass to Curtis Samuel, who we talked about in the Carolina Panthers segment as well. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I still think Tua is the star potential guy. But if you're looking for a glue guy to get you through some bye weeks or some injuries, I like Bridgewater. You got anybody else before we move to another segment? I just think for one week, we mentioned it before, Drew Locke is another he's oh, a yeah, good okay. stream for, for yeah. at least another week. Yeah, and I would say moving forward, not this week against the Ravens, maybe Cam Newton. A lot of people have been starting to drop him. He'll still get you rushing yards. Um, not this week, not this week, but you know, New England is seeing what we're seeing. They're going to have to run him some more, so he'll get you, you know, some rushing touchdowns, so that could have some value moving forward in the season. Running back, why don't you give me a name on the list you like? It's Gus Edwards. I mean, he's yeah. still widely available widely available and just he's seeing volume and i get it mark ingram's coming back i think he took that job man that's what i'm saying i think so too i don't think mark ingram did anything this year to deserve come back coming back to touches right now he needs to stay on the sidelines let gus gus the bus do what he does let jk dobbins continue to play touchdown in three straight games he's getting the goal line carries he finishes the fantasy season with Dallas, Cleveland, the Jaguars, and the Giants. 
He's a great stash. I mean, who cares if Mark Ingram comes back? Just stash him. He's got great matchups down the stretch. Yep. I'll give you two one-week plays, or at least one-week plays, depending on what happens. We talked about both of these guys. Uh, Mike Davis um, for the Panthers, it looks like McCaffrey be out again. Pick him back up. I know a lot of people dropped him when McCaffrey came back. And Kalen Balazs uh, for the Chargers, um, who we also talked about in that Chargers segment. Look, man, the Chargers, whoever they plug in there at running back and the primary guy gets in the end zone like every week, and it was Balazs last week. We'll see what happens, monitor the, the injuries and everything, but those guys could be one-week plug-and-plays. Anybody else for you? I mean, there's actually a lot. I know, me too. I have like eight names backs, written down. Running backs, this week, it's hard kind of figuring out a hierarchy for these guys. It's it's not a bad week to need a running back stash. Like we talked about Wayne Gallman. Mm. He's been getting it done. Cam Akers is available. Oh, sure. Ridiculous amount of leagues. He's still got upside. At the very least, he's not touching the ball. He's got more upside than essentially anybody who's out there. Tony Pollard. We know Zeke's been dealing with the hamstring. If he misses a game, Pollard becomes a must-start. Duke Johnson. Yep. We'll see what P-, P. Ryan does tonight. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who you could pick up and stash this week. Yeah, and I'll mention a couple other guys. Well, Damian Harris, to me, is more a longer-term play. Again, not against Baltimore. I don't like the matchup, um, but a longer-term play. I'll give you Dobbins. You mentioned Edwards. Dobbins is another one that's still available in a lot of leagues for unknown reasons. You mentioned J.D. McKissick with Alex Smith. He's getting crazy amount of targets. That's a season-long development with Kyle Allen being out. Smith is the starter there going forward. Phillip Lindsay, I like. There's a lot of running backs that you could plug in and play. Um, so that goes more towards your tight end argument. You can always find a running back, especially this year. You can't find a tight end. Uh, yeah, wait till all. we talk about the tight ends after we talk about the wide No, it's a bunch of crickets. thrilled with the options. It's going to be 30 seconds of dead air. <laughs> Let's move it on to wide receiver. Who you like at wide receiver is your favorite one this week? I'm still prioritizing Jalen Rager as my number mm. one over guys like Curtis Samuel and Nicole Hardman just because I believe in the talent. I believe that they need a, a, a second wide receiver to emerge. He's he's looked good. He scored scored a touchdown his first game back against Dallas, and just they they have so many injuries. They need a second guy to step up. Curtis Samuel, he's still like on a weekly basis. We don't know if he falls anywhere between second to fifth in the pecking order. So it's going to be a little, little bit more uh, difficult rely, right, yeah. relying on Curtis Samuel. I like Jalen Rager a lot as uh, my number one wide receiver claim this week. Yeah, I noticed him. You know, we'll probably ignore him because he's owned it a little bit more. But if Corey Davis is still available in your league, you got to pick him up. I, when I checked this morning, he was still available in about 40% of leagues. That's way too much. Pick him up. Uh, don't worry too much about what happened. They're playing the Chicago Bears defense, guys. Don't worry about that. He was kind of due for a little bit of a letdown. You mentioned Curtis Samuel already. Um, I've mentioned in recent weeks, I still believe uh, very much so in Christian Kirk, especially the way Kyler Murray's playing. Christian Kirk, people forgot about him. He was injured for a few weeks. He's been back. I think he's gotten a touchdown every week he's been back. Um, but my favorite one of the week, um, we mentioned him early in the Thursday Night Football segment, Michael Pittman Jr. You mentioned Rager. My argument would be the same for Michael Pittman. Um, two kind of rookie running backs that came in with hype, missed some time with injury. Now they're back. Pittman, I think, will be leading this team in targets regardless of T.Y. Hilton's health moving forward. Yeah. There's, I don't have too many other crazy names. I mean, they're all kind of like deep stashes yeah. at that point. Like Tim Patrick, talk about Darnell sure. Mooney's been producing well. Hunter Renfro looks like the number one Raiders wide receiver, again, which he was at, in the second half of the season last year. And we know he had a better second half of the season, so... Look at to Hunter Renfro to maybe build some steam with Derek Carr. Um, Denzel Mims, we'll see what he does oh, right, tonight yep. against the Patriots. He's looked good in his first two games. Again, tonight, Jacoby Myers, let's see what he does. Yeah, um, he's, he's had four receptions each of the past two weeks. Gabriel Davis is a nice stash with how well 
that Buffalo offense is playing. And then Richie James Jr., I mean, he had nine for like a buck 80 this past week. So if you need a one-week start, maybe consider Richie James Jr. All right, David, and uh, tight end, who's your top one this week? I don't even know what order to put these guys. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting at tight end, to be frankly mm-hmm. honest with you. This is why you get Travis Kelsey with your first pick at the end of first round one. This is why, because you're either picking between Dalton Schultz, who surprisingly is is still playing decently even with the backup quarterbacks. He led yeah. Dallas's receiver group in snaps. 69 snaps for Dalton Schultz, 68 for Gallup, 59 for Mario, only 38 for CD. Hmm. So right now he's he's on the field uh, basically 100% of the snaps. Also Irv Smith, he's starting to gain some steam. I think he's probably probably I prioritize him over Dalton Schultz just because of the upside. But again, he's been completely hit or miss as well. It's all or nothing. He's got three games with double digits. The rest have been under three fantasy points. Yeah, I like Irv Smith because he's trending up. Um, like I think actually what we talked about with the Vikings. I think he's trending up, so I like him. Schultz is an interesting one that you brought up um, because you know seeing what Gilbert was able to do, the offense didn't look awful. Um, so they were actually able to move the ball. So Schultz has value again. I like that. Um, we mentioned the Dwelly versus Jordan Reed kind of debate. Pick your favorite one. David likes Dwelly. I like Reed, but it's hard for me to argue uh, with David. I mean, Jordan Reed's injury history speaks for itself. Um, I also like Austin Hooper, um, you know, with um, coming back. I think he had his appendix out. I think he'll be back this week. We'll see. But if not him, obviously Harrison Bryant. I, I really like the matchup. But my favorite of the week is Dallas Goddard. Still available in way too many leagues out there. I'll take Dallas Goddard to be a big factor in the Philadelphia passing game moving forward. Anybody else on yeah, your list or did I cover I haven't them even been including Goddard in my, in right. my waiver claim because I feel like it should be so obvious. But you're yeah. right. He's still owned in in less than 50% of leagues. He's like 40% owned yeah. right now in, in ESPN. It's unbelievable. And everybody's and hurting I, at tight end. He's he's the guy for me for sure. Yeah, but I think he's obviously owned in the majority of competitive leagues. Yeah, so you're I picking kind of more. Trey Burton and Mo Ali Cox, we talked about. Yeah. It's looking like Mo Ali Cox today. Maybe tomorrow it goes back to being Burton. Yeah. But just both of these guys right now, they're utilizing the tight end so much. You got to just kind of stash and hope one of them emerges. Maybe you obviously don't hope for injury, but that would be a, a pathway to one of these guys becoming like a weekly auto, auto start. And then just a couple more names way down, like if you're really desperate. Logan Thomas still playing 100% of the snaps. One, Not 99, 100% yeah. of the snaps. So he's out there. Three for 28 is not sexy, but... Alex Smith have- will, will involve him as a safety valve quite a bit. When he scores, he's going to have a decent fantasy week. So, I mean, 14 team leagues, maybe deep, deeper uh, leagues. You know, if you're desperate, you need a bye week fill in maybe for Travis Kelsey this week. Uh, go out, maybe consider Logan Thomas. Jacob Hollister is a guy who last year showed a little bit. He led the Seahawks in snaps yeah. this past week. So, I'm keeping my eye, eye on him as well, or the tight ends, I should say. He led the Seahawks yeah. tight ends in snaps over Greg Olson, over Will Disley. So, uh, keep an eye on Jacob Hollister if you're maybe in a two tight end league. Throw him on the bench. See what happens if he continues to to lead that tight end group in Seattle. Yeah, I like that one. I've always liked Hollister, so for him to out snap those guys, that's a that's a positive trend. Uh, let's move into defense and special teams here. Um, I'll start with my favorite one of the week. I'm, I bet you you'll agree. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Everybody dropped them off the bye week, but the Philadelphia Eagles are like at this point. I think they're like a top seven defense, if I'm not mistaken. 
I know they're in the top 10, and they have a nice matchup against a team that has been struggling. Um, so the Philadelphia Eagles are absolutely my slam dunk defensive special teams pickup of the week. How about you? Yeah, I would say that as well. It was the Eagles, and that's the one thing that kind of I'm happy about because I talked about how I dropped Mike Davis uh, <laughs> and played Jamichael Hasty. The only reason I dropped Mike Davis, this was in the pros with Joe's uh, tournament league, and the tight, uh, defense scoring is so bad mm-hmm. that if they have a bad matchup, they're going to go negative. So we, me and my um, teammate Derek, we've been stashing a defense for the next week, and we dropped Davis for the Philadelphia defense this past week because they were on the bye, so we'll be able to play them this week. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that is, is keeping me from just smacking myself in the head for dropping Mike Davis. Plus, remember, Philadelphia does close out much of the season, especially down the stretch, with NFC East opponents. So um, that's a good thing. I'll give you another couple that I like. I like Minnesota. I know Minnesota's defense has been struggling, but they're playing the Bears, and they are they are trending upward. Obviously, Philadelphia's way better um, a play this week, but if you miss out on Philly, I think Minnesota would be okay. Green Bay versus Jacksonville could be okay, but that one worries me. Houston versus Cleveland could be okay, but less so with Nick Chubb uh, likely to be coming back. So those are the only ones I have. To me, it's Philadelphia or bust, um, really, in terms of Yeah, there's not a whole lot of great streaming options this week. A lot of the, like, better matchups are already from highly owned defense, like you talked about the Ravens playing. Yeah. You don't have a chance picking them up. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think we can close out the show, man. Anything for the uh, the crowd before we head out, man? No, except for maybe Kalen Balazs. Take him seriously. We talked about it before. Yeah. Stash him. I know it's taboo just saying his name. It, it feels dirty having it come <laughs> out of my mouth. But don't just write this guy off. No? This Chargers team is producing running back fantasy points week in and week out. If he takes the number two job behind Austin Eckler, he's going to have value. Let's every just, every week. Chargers. spot stash him. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. Well, on that note, everybody, hey, thanks, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe. We'll catch you again next week. Enjoy, everyone.